Okay. Uh, well, it's, it's very hard to pronounce for most uh, English speakers, so um, that, that's why on forum I also just simply use Joe because it's Joe. <laughs> okay. May may I um, just, just call you Joe then throughout the episode? Yeah, Joe is enough. <laughs> All right. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah, and I have a special guest with me today in this episode. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name for the first time, uh, Johan Galen from the Netherlands. Did I get oh. any any close? Yeah. Please. Close enough. <laughs> Very good. I think for the purpose of the episode, I'll just call you Joe. Uh, that's what you yeah. go by online. So, Yeah. Well, Joe, I'm really excited to have you on the episode, and I'm really excited to introduce you to our listeners. Uh, one, uh, because you you seem to be a prolific hobbyist, but also you have a unique involvement in another game that I've mentioned in previous episodes, and that other game is called The Ninth Age. And so I was wondering, and maybe we can just, just get started with you maybe giving us a, kind of the introduction. What is The Ninth Age? And how did you get started in it? Well, uh, the Ninth Age is a, a mass combat uh, game with square bases. Um, it started out as a legacy game of Warhammer Fantasy Battles, but it's slowly moving to become its own thing. Yeah. Um, what else is it? It's, it's a game, one of many. Uh, Hopefully, one that uh, brings joy to many people. Yeah. Um, and well, uh, one of its main goals, maybe, is uh, aside from making a very tight game, is to ensure that players can use their old collections. That's basically the gist of it. So it's it's more like a, a, a progression uh, where we can use or um, like the vast collections many of us have built up and uh, keep playing, but also find new players. There are many uh, levels where we work at to uh, enable uh, players. Um, that comes in uh, translations, for example. So the game is translated in many languages. Uh, the game is model agnostic, so you can play whatever miniatures you want to use. Um, and of course, if you play at home, it's Kind of like well, homebrew exists. You can play it any way you want. So. Nice, yeah. So there's a there's a term that uh, I've used before uh, called rank and flank, and so yeah. uh, so the ninth age would qualify as a rank and flank game, right? Because yeah, it's mostly movement and trying to position yeah. yourself. Well. Yeah, and that that kind of game it brings its own sort of tactical challenges and. And, and and fun, right? And, and opportunities. So um, let's let's dive in a little bit, maybe uh, a little bit more uh, history a few years back. So if I if I'm understanding this right, when Games Workshop killed the old world for Warhammer Fantasy Battles, and and then eventually they would launch the Age of Sigmar line, is that when the Ninth Age kind of was created, or 
was it created before that? What do you do? You have a, a sense of of how long the Ninth Age has been around? Well, the First off, there are many legacy projects. Uh, some actually started uh, way before um, uh, the end times happens or after the end times. The Ninth Age uh, started after the end times. So, um, well, to keep it really simple, uh, many players that uh, played uh, the ETC comp decided that they wanted to continue playing what they were playing because they didn't want to play Age of Sigmar competitively. Um, they didn't have points at the beginning for one, and so they um, continued the game as it was, and uh, then started uh, evolving it. Okay, yeah, and you you've mentioned already that it's sort of becoming its own thing now. What does uh, what does that look like? What do you mean by that? Well, um, there have been some iterations to what we call two point Okay. Um, 2.0 is a very, well, let's call it a dry, <laughs> but uh, extremely uh, controlled uh, version of the rules where um, lots, lots of things have been taken out, but um, um, the rules have become a lot clearer and uh, there, there is a much less chance for, for yeah, making mistakes during the game. It's also much easier to remember what's going on because there's just simply a lot less uh, in it. Oh, or it okay. has been simplified. Um, some players consider that it has lost a bit of flavor. Um, so right now in uh, in, in uh, Gold, we are adding a bit of flavor again. Some think it's too much flavor. Uh, that is just uh, how it is. Um, I would say the main difference there is that um, right now in the ninth age, um, all rules at some point go through an alpha, a beta, and an alpha phase, mm -hmm. uh, which means that we uh, go to the community and ask them to uh, give their input, and there is usually sufficient time to. Um, create a dialogue and get uh, even better rules with community input. Of course, you can't win every argument. It's, it's the same for us within uh, the teams that uh, do the design. We also have to make compromises. And there are many teams that uh, work together. So I, I would say the ninth age, uh, from a team perspective, uh, is a lot of volunteers. Uh, it's about 300 of us. Oh, wow. And um, the really nice thing for me is that it's it's a very broad structure if you think of it as a company, which we're not. But like, uh, we have an HR department. Um, <laughs> while there are very short uh, connections between teams, we do uh, a lot of things the official way because we need the uh, documentation that comes with that. Um, and we have people from all walks of life uh, helping us out. So that's also great. Um, yeah. Many teams, um, lots of different things that need to be doing. As already mentioned, uh, there's translations. Yeah. Um, yeah, and 
that basically ensures that uh, um, whatever we do in total, it's always going to be community driven in some way. Yeah. Um, of course, decisions have to be made at some point, and uh, it's always a bit of contention because decisions may have been made in the past, <laughs> like months ago. And then we start developing, and then we contact the community, and then some changes may need to happen. Okay. Uh, it's always uh, a wild ride. Uh, yeah. So, it, for some team members, it requires uh, um, very, very specific skill sets to uh, um, to do the, the tasks uh, we have for them. Yeah. I think the size of the team also shows that uh, we take it really seriously, yeah. but we'll probably get to it, but uh, there's always room for more people. <laughs> See, that's, that's interesting. That's one of the things that makes the Ninth Age very uh, appealing to me is uh, there's high community involvement. And so like one of one of my friends and one of our one of our listeners here um, in my area uh, plays the Ninth Age and, and, and introduced me to it. You know, I was very intrigued because, you know, the rules are all free online. And, and as you mentioned before, uh, you know, the, the minis, it's minis agnostic. So you can use models from multiple lines, all kinds of lines. And, and you can even nowadays 3D print your own models and stuff. But, uh, but as I was kind of, and I started working on a Sylvan Elves army. And so as I was working on that and reading it and, and talking with my friend about, about stuff, one of the things that he t mentioned was that he was involved. He was, uh, and I don't actually remember what he was volunteering for, but he was doing something online and, and being part of it. And, and I just thought that that's like, that's, that's high investment and that's high engagement. And that, 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 that was one of, to me, that's one of the appeals of the game, right? You're not, you're not relying on necessarily a company or someone to kind of create the game for you. The game is created by you as a member of the community so and and you use like a forums like you have like a website designated for communicating and things like that right yes like most of our teamwork is done on the forum and also most of the direct communication uh, we are very much aware that uh, many people that are interested in the ninth age are not on the forum uh, nor do they want to communicate with us over the forum yeah. Uh, recently, we started doing uh, polls with Google Forms that are also being um, communicated that they, that they exist uh, through uh, the social media channels. Yeah. And they garner uh, quite a lot more response. So um, that's great. Um, we are always uh, trying to improve, and like we don't know where it will end, but. Like yeah. if something works, then we will keep doing it and yeah. just moving onwards. <laughs> okay. Now, now regarding the community engagement, you actually have a few roles, right? Um, you're a lab coordinator. You're part of the design team and the library team. Can you yeah. talk about Can you talk about those roles, just so that other people, our listeners, can get a sense of the, all the different areas that people are volunteering at? <laughs> So I started out in the library team. Um, well, we call it product search, but uh, it's basically um, a huge collection of uh, uh, miniatures from um, well, 
think we have over 400 companies now listed, uh, where we say these models may be of interest for you to play this and that um, unit in the game. Um, it's all cur only current models, so we don't list uh, models that you, that you can't currently buy. It's only models you can buy. Uh, because, well, keeping the past alive would be too much work for us. And um, as a game, we also need support from um, the, the wargaming companies at large uh, to support us with miniatures. So we are happy to support them in uh, what they currently do. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it was a great uh, thing to do yeah. uh, very uh, engaging job because there's just so much of it and um, we had some unexpected hurdles because uh, things change all the time and we need yeah. to adapt to keep up with the change yeah. which is uh, actually quite hard so uh, I I appreciate the work of the library team because you can like you can go online and in it, like if you want to make like a certain unit you know, you have the rules for the unit, mm -hmm. and then here are options that you can use as models for that unit if if you need suggestions, and 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 so that's one of the things that I found early on to be very helpful for me. Yeah, what I like about it is that it is uh, interactive, so there are also threads for miniatures where members of the community can show um, their interpretation of what the, what they want, which sometimes can be. Uh, far out of what uh, what most players would have considered. So it's great to see uh, those options uh, included. Yeah. Um, and um, what, what's also great is when players, uh, for example, need, want a miniature but don't find it in the library, and then they ask specifically, like, I'm looking for something in this direction, and uh, can you help me out? And it's always great to see community members then uh, jump in and uh, give ideas. Uh, well, that that's that's basically what it's all about then in the end, right? Yeah. yeah. We can't buy most of the miniatures that were legacy. Like <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, at least not new. So uh, yeah. compromises have to be made. So talk about the game design team and and the uh, uh, the lab coordinator. What are, what are those? So I started as lab coordinator because uh, uh, of my background in uh, software development. Okay. I know what Scrum is and how agile design works. So I kind of knew the processes involved. Um, those have evolved over the time that I've been uh, working there. So they are slightly different and they will be uh, different in the future. Um, simply because sometimes, so one, one of the most important principles is that you put uh, people over methods. Don't force methods on people that don't work because people don't get them or don't want to work with them, even if the method might be less than stellar from your uh, view. Um, you just need to pull other people along and they need to feel comfortable with what they are doing. So, um, we do try to train people uh, in certain aspects uh, and uh, move forward. Uh, but at the core, it's just about you, you put up your time, we value that time, 
and we're grateful for uh, for the input you get. So then it becomes the task of the team coordinator to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and uh, has what they need uh, to do the tasks. Um, and from there, I kind of rolled into uh, the games design team, where I also just do more like the, the technical tasks. I, I like if, if we have an old spot open, uh, the interview, see if we can, uh, and if you pass the interview phase, it's not just skill, but it's uh, also um, can we can we find a match? Like, do do we think that you will uh, fit in the, uh, in the team? Because it's it's not uh, me and uh, and I, it's uh, we and uh, us. So um, that yeah. that. That's just something that uh, um, that we have to have a good feeling about, and also a realistic uh, desire for what you want to do, so that so that you're not um, disappointed right away uh, for not getting what you want, because change can happen, but it will always be slow. Yeah, I like that. Um, what you said. It's not you and I, it's we and us. There's a real sense of, of collectiveness. And I get the impression that, that people can be as involved in the game as they want to be. You know, they could, they could just be a player and not really be engaged, not volunteer. Or if they want to volunteer and be a part of one of these teams, you know, it seems like there's openings and there's opportunities. Yes, there's always openings and opportunities. And even if you can't get into the team where you want to get in, mm -hmm. uh, just start in one of the other teams. Yeah. Um, one of the most valued skills is uh, your, your your personal skills, how you work. Um, because that's always very hard to to guess. Like, and if like if you do well in other teams, then there are many easy opportunities to uh, span out and uh, change your involvement. Um, yeah. Hmm. Cool. So you've been involved in um, in the Ninth Age for a long time. And um, how did you, so one of the things that's fun to talk about is how people choose to play a game. And, and we have a Discord server dedicated for you know, for our listeners. And, and last week, there was a conversation on one of the channels about uh, the choices that people make about whether to get into a game or, or not get into a game. And, and so talk, talk me through how did you find what what decisions led you to get to this point in, in gaming for you? How I got started? Or... Yeah. Yeah, That's a long time everyone ago. starts somewhere, right? <laughs> well, I didn't know what wargaming was when I was a child, but I kind of like already did wargaming. I didn't know rules existed and all that uh, fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of missed out in my youth. Um, when I uh, studied at university, I played Magic Gathering and my uh, friendly local game store. Uh, also had uh, some miniatures. Mm -hmm. 
Um, at the time, that was um, Games Workshop, like sixth edition fantasy. Okay. Um, was just uh, becoming a thing. Confrontation they had and uh, Private Yet Press. Um, and um, well, Private Yet Press was uh, the War Machine was mostly War Machine. Hordes wasn't really a, a thing yet. Yeah. So um, it was really hard to get in Europe. So that that basically I was interested in the game because I was looking for something hard, not not like a simple game. Um, yeah. And um, then confrontation was I was really interested in it, especially because the artwork of the game was at the time uh, beyond anything the competition had to offer. Yeah, and um, I think I painted up two fifth edition knights from uh, Bretonia for Warhammer Fantasy, just because I had some old paints from uh, from from way back, and um, well, I couldn't reach that quality level. <laughs> I found out there was a, a learning curve. Um, confrontation uh, died with uh, um, from the jump from 3.5 to, uh, to 4.0. Mm. So I I basically picked Games Workshop uh, with uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles because it was available. For me, it's important that the game is not too realistic. Like, it shouldn't exist out there in the world. I, I wanted to uh, use it as uh, some kind of escapism yeah. and feel happy about what I do in my uh, free time. And so I went down a dark path with many armies and uh, um, yeah, then uh, all of a sudden the end times came and uh, I was not happy, <laughs> yeah. to say the least. Um, I actually did try Age of Sigmar uh, once and I didn't like it at all. Yeah, uh, it, it is a different game. Up. Yeah, it is a different game. Yes, it, it might have been a mindset thing for me at the time. I was just not. Yeah, like I wanted some. When I got into wargaming, I wanted strategy, and I didn't feel that at all in Age of Sigmar. It was yeah. just like throw dice, have fun, and that's it. And I was like, yeah, but what about me? Yeah. putting in some effort. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I didn't find that at all. I knew about um, the Ninth Age early on, but I didn't get involved initially. Hmm. Um, I it, It's mostly about, like, you have a group of friends and um, uh, transitions can be hard. So, for example, for Wargamers, you have the Warhammer Armies project. Uh, which looks and feels exactly the same. And they started uh, out way before uh, the end times. They, at the time, they basically supplied uh, extra armies. So I knew about them too. And yeah. uh, I have a friend I, was, I was interested in that uh, for a while. And then um, I started looking into uh, opportunities of making things myself and uh, um, getting them out there. And then I noticed that it's like really hard to avoid IT issues. 
issues. And even if I want to make my own thing, it just is not really something for that, like unless you make a complete game yourself. So that is why I got really interested in the Ninth Age. It's uh, aside from a game, it's also like a pool of opportunity for people that are creative and just want to make something. Yeah. Uh, because it gives you a world you can play with and um, not feel. Yeah, well, the, there's a lawyer team, but they won't harass you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about that. So I know that, you know, you're a prolific hobbyist. You, you do venture into the world of 3D printing. And and so talk about that and your experience with that and, and maybe share some of the cool, you know, armies that you've seen on the table, either ones that you've done or ones you've seen. Oh, so... Um... Well, let's start with armies. Uh, I've been to, I, I'm not a tournament player myself, mm -hmm. but I've, uh, uh, I've, I've been to a few tournaments that are local uh, just to take pictures. Um, of course, there are many uh, very pretty Games Workshop armies. Uh, some put in uh, more effort with uh, conversion. Um, I think a really pretty army was in Anthropom anthropomorphic army from um it, it was like all frogs and stuff it was really cool okay uh, and so i was already in the library team back then and uh um, yeah i i like some of the uh, the the, real, the the more old school uh, five that some players uh, revive uh, in the ninth age, where they basically take miniatures from many companies and uh, smash them together in uh, in their own units. I, I do the same with my vampire uh, continent army. It basically is there because I can use anything and just make it either on that or if it's already on that, I can just there's a spot in there for for almost uh, anything so i i really like that to see like uh, armies where, where things are being mixed um yeah my my sylvan elves army is mixed um, yeah well, I, I think i have four or five different companies models you know in there <laughs> to create yeah, well, in the end it's just like if, if you paint it similar yeah it's just, it will it will fit so uh, I think I've seen a, a, a Trollblots army as um, yep. as uh, ogres. I was going to ask about that because, like right now, you know, Privateer Press is, you know, shifting from third edition to fourth edition, and and I think and 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 while the community is responding very positively, I think a lot of us are going to have a number of models that are no longer going to be usable in Mark IV, and and so I'm like. I wonder how many War Machine models we're going to see in many Agnostics games, like maybe the Ninth Age. <laughs> well, maybe maybe there's going to be a miniature Agnostic War Machine game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never know. Um, community project who does that, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity for the models. Uh, they will, they, well, you kind of need armies that are 25 millimeters up. Uh, with the bases, but there are enough of them to make it work. Um, 
especially the, 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 the big models, uh, many of them get used for many armies uh, because they, they fit well uh, to, to many themes. Like, for example, uh, the Dread Elves use a lot of, uh, there are a lot of players that use the, um, what's it called, the big tentacle tower thingy. Uh, oh, um, I'm drawing a blank. I don't recall either. Yeah, I'm not that good. It's uh, from the. I think it's. Oh, I'm not sure. Probably. What it's it's from Hordes. Is it the Throne of Everblade? Yeah, that one. There it is. Yeah, These that's a fun really helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, well, it, it's it's just great to see uh, to for people to be able to use what they want. And, um, yeah. We live in an age where you can take it even a step further. You can make your own models mistakes because yeah, we need to success. And making your own models is not that hard. So, um, or you can basically have them designed. Uh, that that's also a thing. Um, mm. So, yeah. It, it's just really great to to see uh, that uh, development and with privacy press specifically in mind I, I think there will just also be legacy games yeah. uh, where people just keep playing the old games that see that's the thing like the new game will have an app but the old game had books and if you have books and cards you still own all the stuff you need to play so even though some may say a game is that, is it really that? Like, because you have everything you need to play, and if it, and if friends know the rules, then why not just keep on going as you were? Like, there is no real pressure to not do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's all your choice. Like, there's so many great games out there, and uh, also many more min uh, miniature uh, agnostic games. So there's plenty of choice uh, to to go. Yeah, yeah. So, and I love that you, you know, that you're bringing that up. And and what it tells me is that, you know, as a gamer, I should there's a certain amount of freedom. You know, I could do what I want with my hobby, and I can, and as long as I have an opponent on the other side who's willing to play the same game, we're good to go. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's your time, and like most games we, we have are basically because someone put in the effort to convince the others to give it a try <laughs> or to, to play it. And if you have to put in that effort anyhow, then why not play what you want to play? So, yeah, why not? So, speaking of, let's circle back to the ninth age. How, if, if one of my listeners who is listening to this episode gets inspired and they and they want to you know, make a, a an army for the ninth age. How, what's the best way, how do you get started? What's the best way to get into the game? If you were to tell a new person what to do, what would you tell them? Um, well, we have Essence of War, which is an introduction game, just to get a feel for the rules, if it is actually something for you. Oh, so, so you have a beginner rule set? Yes. Oh. Um, it's, okay. uh, it's simplified. By simplified, they just axed a lot of stuff out of it. And uh, so you don't need to remember as much. It's only 30 pages. 
including all the all the stats and everything. Mm. It comes with uh, prefect uh, armies to um, uh, so you can get uh, started without having to uh, worry about what you put on the table. It basically takes everything out of it. It's just okay. Here's the stuff you need. Have fun. Play a game. Um, you don't even need physical miniatures. You can play it on tabletop simulator or Universal Battle or Warhol. Um, like okay. there are many digital options out there. Um, and then once you have have played the game and have had a feeling of the uh, what the game is about, because in the end it's all about movement and tactics. Yeah, just running forward will just lose you the game in most cases because that's just not how it works. You you have you have to think a bit ahead and you have to plan and uh, you have to get what the opponent is going to do or force them to do things uh, that you, you want them to do. Um, and and that feeling you get very well from uh, the introduction game. It's also a lot shorter because it only uses uh, three units. Um, and for players that come from um, uh, War Machine, they will feel very comfortable with the mission, which is basically have more units uh, in the center than the opponent at the end of the game. So um, it's it's very tactical, um, and I like that about it. Like it's it's uh, it uh, it you you have not lost until you actually played until the the fourth uh, round of it but and beyond that um i think the most important thing is to um well the ninth age has a starting uh, page where you can find uh, a short blurb on every army like what is the proposed feel of that army and that is something we are going now for very intense that we want to put that feel on the table so if i play that army, it has to give me a certain uh, feeling as a player, like, uh, for example, with Vermin Swarm, uh, you have to feel like you are playing a, a huge horde, which has uh, its uh, ups and downs. Yep. Um, and that is something where everybody has their own preference. There are 16 armies, there are supplement armies. Um, just pick one of them and uh, see if you like it. And then you can play them uh, uh, in Essence of War if you want. There's Essence of War Advanced where you pick your own units and, and play around a bit so that you get, get even more uh, feeling for the game. And then I would not start with 4,500 points, but just slowly scale up uh, a normal game. Yeah. Like read yeah. a thick book because it is thick. There is no way around it. Um, for the ninth age, you will need to learn some rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just a fact. And uh, while you uh, get uh, comfortable with the rules, then just slowly build up. And um, either in digital or with real miniatures, like if you if you find a certain faction interesting from the from the feel, and uh, hopefully soon all will have uh, minimum background as well, then you. Just can look in the library and see like, oh, these miniatures are what I really like, or I did. This is something I did not expect. Wow, uh, 
maybe I want to try something completely else. Uh, when you look at another army, where you find something that's visually very appealing, because there's a lot of hobby time involved, you will be painting miniatures. So better pick something you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, that's also true. <laughs> uh, so yeah. and that, that's just um, don't don't see it as hurdles, even if you like uh, switch around a bit early on. Like yeah. it's all. It, 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 it's it's a hobby it's supposed to be enjoyable so it's it's not as if we are proposing something that is uh, meant to be uh, well just like pain and and, and suffering uh, for players to get to to a game um, yeah so find a local group that's also very important like yeah find find a local group and just go uh, go and ask them uh, what they uh, try to do. It's funny, but you know, before pandemic, you know, I would frequent the game stores and, and there was one out near where I am, where I would go in and, and very regularly, I would see some guys with their T9A armies on the table and, you know, and, and this was before I started working on my Sylvan Elves. And so I didn't have, I didn't have anything to, to bring and, and I just, I was interested, but I didn't know how to pull the trigger. And it, you know, it took a friend to encourage me and to show me where to download the rules to, you know, to figure it out. So, one of the things that I, I want to make a, a maybe an, an, an analog for anybody of my listeners who you know coming from War Machine. So it sounds to me like the essence of War rules um, would be a lot like a battle box game. Where uh, in third in third in Mark three we would have, you know, uh, they have these battle boxes, and you basically had like your warcaster with two jacks, and they were yeah, it's, they it's were very very, very even, and and you could, but when you start playing, you only play a couple battle box games before you get bored and want to start adding more things, and so it sounds like the essence of war rules is a great introduction to the game to get you a sense of what's going on on the table, but you're not going to spend a lot of time there. You're going to move to the full rule set. And, um, and, and it sounds like the game scales pretty easily. So a full points would be 4,500. So maybe get to the 1500 mark and then the 3000 mark. Well, and... I personally prefer 3000, uh, points. Oh, inter- okay, cool. It, it makes choices harder. Yeah, uh, you can't feel that as much. It makes choices harder. You, you don't take the, the really big guns. Uh, like you don't over, you don't put too much in eggs in uh, one basket. Too many eggs in one basket, and uh, it also feels, for me, much closer to where I started with Warhammer Fantasy Six Edition. So it's basically uh-huh. a com- comfort zone thing, and that's you can play however you like. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm I'm pretty inspired to pull out my Sylvan Elves. I I had you know I was working on them, and then and then my friend switched games again, and so I was like, oh okay. So then I put the Sylvan Elves away, and 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 now maybe I should pull them out and and continue to work on them. But um, I've enjoyed this conversation very much, and and I hope that um, maybe one or two listeners would take a look at the ninth age. I'll have a link for the website in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't let any of my guests leave until I ask other things. Um, just because, you know, our podcast, my whole goal is to inspire people to play more. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I want to ask, uh, what kind of games are you playing right now? Are you get are you getting any games in? Um, or maybe describe your last game. How did it go? My my last game was an Assassin's of War advanced game, and I lost horribly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was I was totally outgunned. Um, yeah, and uh, the other player just outmaneuvered me uh, at every opportunity. So <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it was it was a great learning session. Um, I also play every now and then some uh, Firestorm Armada. Nice. Uh, spaceships. Um, yeah. Um, Who's that? Like is that? Is that TT Combat or is that? Uh, no, it's Spartan Games. It's the current TT yes. Combat. Yeah. Thing or is it? No, it's War Cradle Studio, right? Yeah, War Cradle. That's it. You're right. It's War Cradle. Yeah. Very <clears> cool. So it, there, there's a beta for it, and I am interested in seeing how that develops. But I am, yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 the same thing. Like companies need to sell models, so they will always go for something that did yeah. not exist in the past. Uh, it's mostly the basis. I if it's going to be like a pain to rebase <laughs> those models. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, I, I really uh, like the style from uh, Warp Miniatures. Uh, previously, Warp Block Miniatures. Uh, been a long time supporter of that uh, miniature line. Um, it's just, I, I really enjoy the style of them. I, I like painting them. So it's, it's just mostly yes. hobby these days, but uh, it also comes with game. Um, yeah, what's. Yeah. Uh... My, my last question is related to hobby. What is on your hobby desk right now? What are you painting or what are you building? <laughs> it's on my hobby desk. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So some miniatures I designed myself because uh, uh, I do need to get them painted as well. Um, yeah. A lot of zombies. OK. Um, um, well, a few miniatures I I, I sculpted in uh, in green stuff, so uh, okay. I also need to get a lick of paint, like uh, some uh, racking themes uh, for with gnashers uh, on them. Nice. <clears throat> nice. Well, and dust. Lots and dust. dust. Yeah. Because I haven't been cleaning that table, and should have been. I actually, I'm going to move here so you can see. I actually recently cleaned my hobby table. Um, I have this little bit to mess with right here, but it's been nice because over the. Oh, the, oh, oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah. I, I love seeing people's hobby spaces. But, um, yeah, I've got some scaven on my, on my desk right now. Um, I'm working on a Clan uh specific army for Age of Sigmar. Um, so my my son, that's his game of choice, mm-hmm. and so he has some Fire Slayers and he has some Caradron Overlords, 
and so um, and so I just have Skaven to to throw at him, but um, but it's his game of choice, and so we have fun with that. And he's getting he's getting pretty inspired. His birthday was yesterday, and although, although I'm not sure when this episode is going to launch, uh, go out um, either this week or next week. But um, but his birthday was yesterday, and I got him a bunch of uh, uh, terrain, some wooden mm -hmm. terrain from there's a company that he really likes, and I can't remember their name right now. And and they had a bundle, and so I got him the bundle for his birthday. Ah, so, that's cool. So he's pretty happy. So we're gonna have a pretty dynamic table to play on, um, and I've got some 2D uh, water features, mm -hmm. and so we're gonna you know to create like hindering terrain, rough terrain kind of stuff, and and uh, just we have a lot of fun. And like you said, the homebrew, like we just set up our table, and these are our rules for the, for for this game, you know. So yeah. it has if it's if it's fun, it's good. That's yep. just how simple it is. I love that. It is fun. It's good. And it sounds like the Ninth Age is fun and tactical. And so it sounds like the Ninth Age is good. <laughs> for me, it is yeah. great. Yep. I love yeah. it. Good, good, good. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, thank you for you know working with our schedule. You're on the other side of the, of the globe. And so it's evening for you, but it's morning for me. And... Uh, Am I right? Yeah, it's evening for you. Yeah, it's uh, almost 7 p.m. now. So. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I took some time out of my work day to, uh, to do this, which uh, is, a, is a joy and a privilege. So I hope that our listeners had fun. Um, to find out more about us, just click the links in the show notes. Join our Discord. That's a great way to continue the conversation. And then there's ways you can support Spellstore Miniatures uh, with some hyperlinks or some, no, they're called affiliate links and uh, and do that. But uh, but I want to encourage our listeners to check out the Ninth Age. Uh, if nothing else, read the rules. They're free online and and find out find out what that game is all about. So for now, thank you everyone.